0: What is up, everybody? Back again, another episode of the Fan Section coming your way. My name is Alan, and I am super excited about this episode. Spring Ball is here. So, like I said in last episode, uh, just highlighting the the NFL draft and recruiting a little bit, giving you guys some amazing uh, insight on that. This is all about highlighting outlooks of Spring Ball, like the teams. So... I went through and previewed a bunch of these teams, uh, Went kind of, I, I actually dove in probably a little bit deeper than I should, but I'm doing it for you guys, because not only because I absolutely love it, but because I freaking love it, like no joke, so it's been a lot of fun um, diving into some of these teams, so this episode I'm going to be talking about a couple teams, I'm going to be talking about Clemson, I'm going to be talking about Michigan, I'm going to be talking about USC, and I'm going to be talking about Wake Forest. Um, I highlighted those teams because, obviously, uh, there's some changing era. There's some new, new, new changing, new coaching regimes, new eras. Um, I've also highlighted the, the fact that one of these, or two of these teams were, um, one of them was really good. One of them had a really, really bad fall. So I think that moving forward, that's going to be kind of the parameters of the teams that I've looked for. And actually, I've, the teams that I already have done my research on, that kind of bases a lot of it, the reason for it. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. So, this is the fan section brought to you for fans, by fans from across the college landscape. Section 100, Section 300, bleach us down to the suites. We welcome everybody. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, hit us up, let us know, give us a five-star review, and I will read it on air as well. Um, so yeah, Spring Ball is here. Super excited, super pumped for it, because this is where you get a chance to really, really, really dive into some of those UC quarterback battles. You see offensive line, defensive line changes. You see coaching changes. You see uh, teams that appear to be way better in the offseason um, from that freshman class that they have coming in to teams that look horrible but actually end up playing really well. Because all that matters is August, right? When that first game kicks off, that first week zero, uh, I call it week one because I don't believe in week zero. But when that week zero game, according to the media, happens, this is when you really, really see all that spring ball, all that conditioning, all that training, all that goes into the, the little blender. And you blend it up and you get hopefully an incredible season because I think that last season was one of the best seasons we ever had. We had a diverse group in that in that college football playoff you say what you want to call it, two SEC teams, yes, I know, but it was those two teams and everybody else. Like, we, we had, again, one versus two, and it didn't disappoint, right? Um, I say that because my team ended up on top. I can't can't dog that, you know what I mean? So, yeah, without further ado, let's talk about Clemson. Uh, I think Clemson, I, I'm going to say this, and I, I know I'm probably going to get a little bit flack for it, Dabo Simone's on the hot seat. Yep. I said it, Dabo Sweeney is on the hot seat because of the embarrassing performance in the ACC. Clemson has too much talent, flat out, to be that bad, okay? They should have ran away with the ACC. But the fact that DJ Uyunglele could not run that offense, there's a legit quarterback battle brewing at Clemson. And I really, really hope that he wins it, and I hope that he you know, shuts everybody up but I really don't believe he's going to. I think what we see is what we're getting with DJ. I think he came in way overhyped. I think he came in with so much expectation that he actually bought into it. And I, I, I don't fault the kid. I don't. I fault Dabo Sweeney for not being able to understand that he needs to get him away. He needs to do what Lincoln Riley did at Oklahoma. He had a closed door practice when he switched to caleb Williams and got him ready that's what he needs to start doing he needs to start limiting media he needs to stop the distractions because clemson got straight up embarrassing the acc i do believe that clemson comes in with the i would say the best defense. I've, I've been on this train for a while brzee i think is the best defensive player coming out that will come out in the 2023 nfl draft um i think that there's not a better edge rusher personally um, I've seen his first step. I've seen his explosion. I've seen his hand placement. The kid is phenomenal. And I'm going to be preaching that train until next March and April. So, uh, hopefully you're on the, hopefully you're on board with it. And if not, I'm going to get shot board because Rizzi is insane. Um, and like I said, it goes back to Clemson. They have so much talent everywhere. It's insane that the fact that they had such a bad year, and that's why I firmly believe if they have another year like they did where they don't compete for the ACC, dabo has gone. I think that they'll move on. Uh, he had a decent class um, last season, but it wasn't at all a top five class, in my opinion. It, it, it wasn't even close. And the fact that he's kind of slipping, I think that he needs to be put on notice. So that's my kind of that's my little outlook on Clemson. There's going to be a quarterback battle. Dabo Sweeney needs to come in with very high expectations, uh, otherwise he's gone. Moving on to Michigan, a former college football playoff team, and I had them highlighted. From the very beginning, I said this is the one of the most complete teams I've ever seen in college football, and I was right. So if you, wanna, if you want the truth and you want good analysis and you want good breakdowns, tell your friends. The fan section has it because I know what I'm talking about when it comes to this. But I'm worried because can Michigan repeat? Ohio State's coming, all right? Like C.J. Stroud, yeah, Michigan had him. And I, I firmly believe I think Michigan's going to do it again. I really do. I don't see – they have nine returning starters from that team coming back. On offense alone, yeah, they lost their left tackle, and uh, they lost their—I believe their—the running back as well. But they have a very good running back that they got in the twenty twenty-one class that I was—I was—I highlighted a bunch of times. Um, and if you don't know him, go look him up because the kid's going to be a monster this year. He's going to have—he's finally going to have the reins, and he's going to be—you know—it's a true sophomore. He's going to come in, and he's going to just—he's going to—I think he might compete for the Doak Walker, like no joke. He's got a very he's very, very talented. Um but I did highlight nine started coming back from that offense. That offense is poised for a big year. Can the defense continue to get better and develop? They bought into Harbaugh's system, finally. Harbaugh, whatever he said in that offseason of twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one, yeah, like the, it they all bought in. But my biggest question is who's going to be leading that offense? Is it gonna be Cade or is it gonna be JJ? That's going to be a big determination between how far this offense can go or how far this offense can fall backwards. Because I really believe that Cade McNamara is the better player. But J.J. is is looking solid. Like, he really is. He's he's worked on his mechanics in the offseason. He's worked on his footwork. Um, and he's, I didn't really think you could get a stronger arm. But he's, his arm is actually coming along really well. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't say he's going to have the strongest arm of the year. No, because I think that actually... Uh, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I think that goes to K.J. Jefferson. I think uh, nobody has the arm that he quite does. Um, but, yeah, so Michigan is is a team that I'm going to highlight this year again. I'm very interested to see what they do in the Big Ten. I think the Big Ten is kind of theirs to lose, but it also depends on how their quarterback plays. Moving way over to the west uh, to basically right next door to the ocean, I have USC, and I'm going to highlight them because – they're coming off of a four and eight, which isn't USC, but every single time I read an article about USC, you get this two thousand four, two thousand five, two thousand five vibe, right? And if you're a USC fan, like you're pumping up that V for victory sign, you're saying you're chanting the, to the Trojan fight song because that should get you riled up. Because Lincoln Riley is in town, and. I don't know if this is even possible, but they just said that they had the greatest practice of all time. Like, there was no drop balls. There was no fumbles. Everybody was in and out of the huddle very fast. Everybody knew the plays. And this is freshman to seniors. Like, I don't know if you can ever have the perfect practice, but apparently they had the perfect practice. Cool. It's it's March. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm not too worried about that. But if you, can, if you can continually sustain that, that means players have bought into Lincoln Riley. And Caleb Williams has come over for a reason, like a legit, absolute legit reason. And Lincoln Riley won the, the Williams sweepstakes, you know, congratulations to them. Can we, he get them to nine wins? Because if he's if he's able to get you nine wins, I firmly believe that USC because will will actually contend. They'll they'll be nine and zero, like starting the season. And they'll be in the mix of the college football playoff. And once your foot is in the door and you're a team like USC, every single year you're, three or, you're two or three wins away from it, from that undefeated you know season. And they make no mistake, it's going to take an undefeated top five ranking team in the Pac-12 to crack the door of the college football playoff. We've seen it. If Cincinnati can get in and over some teams that are – I mean, Cincinnati, I, I was on their train last year. They 100% deserve to be in. But USC, if they go undefeated – they're going to get in. You just need to accept that as a Pac-12 fan, which is good because that means you're, the Pac-12 is starting to come to light. But there's a team that I've, I'm going to highlight next episode that I think will be in their way for sure, and it's not Utah, okay? So that's just a little, little, little happy nugget for you guys. Um, but, yeah, my, my biggest concern is can Williams and Lincoln Riley, if they can work out. Look out Pac-12 because that offense is going to put up 40 a game. Like, no joke. He, he I don't believe, believe there's a formula to stop Caleb Williams. I, <laughs> He's just very good to me. I think he's going to be the number one overall pick when he does declare. Um, so, yeah. We also have – I'm going to highlight – I'm going to move uh, back across the – I'm going to go east. Um, I'm going to go to Wake Forest because I really, really firmly believe that if Wake Forest has an undefeated season, they're going to be in the College Bowl playoff as well. Um. And this is pending on a bunch of yeah obviously if it's Georgia Bama and they're both undefeated in the ACC title game they both get in okay we understand that because yes, it would be Bama and Georgia and everybody else okay but I'm not pen, I'm not I'm not basing it off that I'm basing it off of what I'm seeing individually from this team Wake Forest and Sam Hartman I believe are they in the, they're completely in the mix I, I I can't count them out because of what they did last year losing to Pitt in the, in the ACC title game okay yeah that's that's understandable it's Pitt they were really good but Wake Forest is that much better. They have everybody coming back. They have and and if you're a team like Wake Forest, you're an, I call you a, an under an under tier team. So like you have the A tier teams like Georgia, Bama. You have the B tier teams like you know Ohio State, Wisconsin. Um, you know you could throw in Utah. You could throw in uh, probably like Michigan. And then you have you know the under tier teams, teams like Cincinnati, teams like Boise State, teams like. Um, Fresno State even like you know teams like that you know like UCLA if they had a good year Wake Forest is in that in that category like teams that actually will potentially be ranked <clears throat> based on their offense and defense if, if if it's like what it was Cincinnati last year they're gonna be ranked in the top four and people are gonna be bitching because they made it to the college football playoff and but they deserve to be in like you can't this is why I, I was I was advocating for them to expand the playoffs I really do I think that it was just it, – it only helps the field. Like, you have more to compete, but you got to keep it to eight. You can't go to 10. You can't go to 12. You can't go to 16. you got it because then you have March Madness. All right, that's stupid. Get eight teams. Everybody has a conference winner. Everybody's in. But that's a rant for another podcast. Focus back on Wake Forest. I believe they can – if they go undefeated, they're going to be in the hunt for at least a college football playoff, if not a very, very – you know, a New Year's Six Bowl, well-deserved. And Sam Hartman, I – those of you that listen to the podcast know that I am huge on this kid. Like I love Sam Hartman. I if I if you know him, all right, and you're listening to the podcast, tell him that the fan section wants to interview him and get him on this podcast because I can't stop singing this kid's praises. He's insane. He's he, I have never seen a kid with all the tools like I mean I have, but Sam Hartman not not at school like this. I'm thinking like Sam Hartman could be that, like, he could be really, really good at the next level. I want to see him take that next leap. I want to see him throw for 4,000 passing yards. I want to see him have a two to or a a four to one TD to INT ratio. I want to see him have 70% completion rate because that will get him in the mix as a first rounder. He's already projected as a first round pick. I want him to be a top five pick. If he does those things, he's going to be in the top five, which I'm rooting for him. And I really, really believe that if he's able to do those things, Wake Forest runs away with the ACC, and they beat, a, I believe, Clemson will be kind of on the up. I'm not – I don't think Clemson will be down. I really don't. I think they're going to be back, and they're going to be out for blood. But I believe that Wake Forest will be able to go toe-to-toe with them. I really do. Um, So, yeah. As far as, like, the – you know, really, realistically, as far as the other things that I have – other teams, we're gonna wait. We're gonna wait until next episode to talk about those. Um, if you're a fan of Wake Forest, look out. It's gonna be a great year. If you're a fan of USC, it could potentially be a really good year. If you're a fan of Michigan, the Big Ten is yours to lose. Clemson, there's a lot of question marks. More question marks than I think answers at this point. Um, but yeah, this is why the ama- This is why the football season is so amazing because you have so many different. Um, avenues you have so many different streets that you feel down and if this happens that happens you, which is why i love this game so much um but as far as my predictions and my outlooks for the conference champions that's going to be at the end of my spring ball wrap-up and like i said there's going to be about probably five or six episodes of this segment um we're going to talk about spring balls um and i'm going to be highlighting a bunch of other teams as well so thank you guys so much for listening this has been the fan section podcast my name is alan and i am out